Welcome to Indie Game Business, where you'll learn to navigate the industry with ease. This show is produced by the Powell Group, the leading business consulting firm in the gaming industry. Visit us online at IndieGame.Business to learn about our online digital events. We have some amazing sessions with people in the gaming industry, and you can participate for free and purchase inexpensive passes to our industry-leading business-to-business system. Now, here we go, Indie Game Business. much for attending our sessions. We have Sarah Farga, who is the social Hi. media manager and Latin America ambassador at Bright Gambit with her topic, five oopsies you're making while marketing your game. All right, floor is yours, Sarah. Thank you so much. So hello, everyone. Uh, this is five marketing mistakes you're making with your indie game. However, we really like the name five oopsies. Uh, because, yeah, some of these are like very small mistakes that can change a lot of things. So let's call it oopsie. So I'm very happy to be here. And yes, first of all, I'm going to be presenting myself. So my name is Sara Ibañez Farga. I'm Spanish-Mexican, so that's why the, the name is a little bit weird there. Uh, but I'm basically the social media manager and Latin American ambassador of Bright Gambit. And my background... It's very interesting. I actually study animation and game design. However, I was always very interested in everything content related creation and marketing and video games have always been my life. So yeah, I had the opportunity to join Bright Gambit uh, for a while now. And there's a lot of stuff I have learned along the way that I will be very happy to share with all of you. So who is Bright Gambit? The company that I work with. Basically, Bright Gambit is an indie supportive initiative aimed to help video game developers. And basically what this means is that we are a company that helps indie game developers with whatever needs they have. Either it can be funding, uh, marketing, contacts, support, everything related to that. Because as we all know here, making a game is hard, but like marketing it and putting it out there, it's a whole different story that if you don't know what you're doing and you're like alone in this, it's always good to have like a reference or some support. So that's what Bright Gambit is here for. And yeah, some these are like the services that I mentioned, like I said, some project funding, uh, mark support and connections, all of that uh, with each game and each developer, we focus on having like a very transparent terms in the sense of, okay, what do you need? Every deal is different. Every developer and every game is different. So it always depends what they want and what is needed. And I wanted to share here the portfolio, not only to introduce you to these amazing games that we have here, but also because these games, I will be using them as examples with my 
trajectory here in Bright Gambit and some examples that I have seen, like good things I have done, some mistakes I have done, some oopsies. Uh, I wanted to use some of these games as examples because I was behind some of the marketing of them. So the first one is Lonesome Village and a Tiny Sticker Tale. Uh, Lonesome Village is the first game I was actually almost full behind the whole marketing process. So it's the one that I have such tons of stories that I'm going to tell you about. Uh, really amazing. If you have not checked it out, you should. And their little brother called a tiny sticker tale that is also coming next week on October 4th. I have been also being a little part of it, uh, being the voice in the trailer and doing some streams and stuff. So yeah, you're going to see some of it. Groon is also a game uh, about a point-and-click adventure about traveling to a foreseen place, a strange place. Um, as you can see, as the games that I'm showing, they're all very different. So uh, Brad Gambit would like to support very different kind of games. And these are just some examples. Jolly is a first-person exploration puzzle-solving adventure. Very gorgeous. Uh, you will love it. Orton was the case, a game that is upcoming next. Next is also created by a Swedish developer called Oscar. If you know the game It Takes Two, uh, Oscar is the one that was the lead animator of that game, the game of the year. So working with him has been amazing. So if you want to play something really great, and also we have like very cool examples about working was the case I'm going to share with you. Sanya, a 2D narrative adventure game about childhood memories, super cute, super wholesome. Just was in Tokyo Game Show, such pride, it's coming next year. And Super Adventure Hand, uh, this game came out just last week. Our adoration, like I was behind the whole marketing process. And there's a lot of things I can tell you about this game. How about when you have a game about a hand, like how can you market this game? How can you promote it? Where's your public? What can you do? And we have like many such fun examples about that I'm going to be talking about. So yeah, but let's start with Top five marketing mistakes or five marketing oopsies you're making with your indie game and how to avoid them. Because I don't want to just give you problems. I want to give you solutions. So if I just sit here and I'm just like, okay, these are five problems you have. It's not working. I need to tell you how we can also make it work in my experience, of course. So this is the first mar marketing mistake. Thinking marketing starts midway. So why, what do I mean by this? Basically, when you have a game, you have pre-production, the production of the game, and the post-launch. You know, when the game is already out there and you have to market it. And people think, I think I can move the mouse and I, you can see it. But if not, between production and post-launch, people think is where the marketing starts. And that is a mistake. <laughs> like, it's never too late to start, If of course, because of, uh, we have to consider budget, uh, time people oh, we have to consider. So it's better to have the marketing start if your game is going coming out in a month. However, if you're in the luck of being at the very first of you know this journey about making your game, you have to know that the marketing research starts at pre-production. Even before the game is starting to get done, you have to already start thinking about how you're going to market it. So I know what you're thinking. You're an indie game developer, or you work with indie game developers, and they you and you, they ask you, "Do you have a marketing plan?" And you're like, "Yes." Yesterday, I made a tweet about my product. 
and that's my marketing plan and and yeah uh, marketing can go a long ways uh there's so many ways your game can go out there you can have the luck of putting it out there and a youtuber or a tiktoker or a streamer picking it up and it goes viral uh you can have the luck of putting your game and two years later a pandemic comes i hope i can say that and it's it goes viral like among us did if you didn't know among us came out on 2018 and it was until there was uh, a situation where everyone has to be locked in that everyone picked up the game so there's so many games that have the situation that maybe they don't pick up when they come out and after something happens or someone finds it or the situation changes something completely different can happen however that consists consists a lot of luck and when you're making a game and putting so much time and effort and money into it you want to put less push on luck as you can in the sense of if it happens cool but we have to work to have all the eggs in different baskets if luck doesn't happen and yeah so that's why i'm here for <laughs> so like i said the first step market research so number one there's something called the market opportunity and in this aspect in the whole market research basically you that you work with the indie game developer and you you are the marketer or you don't have anyone working in marketing you're just an indie dev solo and you want to do it yourself you have to ask you yourself some questions even before the game is starting to get done how big is the market for your title like the game you have in mind how big it is how many people will play your game so i'm going to go step by step for now i'm going to just give you like a regular of everything the second step will be target users and platforms where is my public in which consoles do they usually play games like mine this is very important i'm going to give you some examples number three expectation expectation sorry competition what desires those people who play game like mine have what are my expectations you know like how much i want to win how much people will i consider a success if the game plays all of that what games will be my competition on release date this is in the whole time and budget and where will the game be ready don't worry i'm going to go step by step and we're going to also answer any questions you have next so yep the number one market opportunity so when you have a game an idea for a game it's very exciting and i can just imagine it's like oh my god it's, it's such a good idea people will love it you have to actually go out there and see is the idea of your game popular and unique in the gaming community this can be tricky because as you can see popular and unique are the contrary so you can see like i want a live simulation game a cozy game that's super popular right right now and with the whole thing that happened a couple of years back super popular but then it's like okay if it's unique because the more popular it is it means naturally the more competition that there is so you have to keep that in mind and have a balance and if you're going to just put all your eggs in one basket and be like i'm going to something super popular where i'm going for something super unique no one has seen it you have to see the pros and the cons of that because they will be pros and cons and also something super important don't look only at the hits but recent game and failures this one can be hard but it's very easy to compare to games that did very well and it's actually good to do so like 
you want to start your game and it's okay i'm going to go see uh this super cool game uh fun game i'm going to see how their market was how the marketing what did they post on tiktok what did they post on twitter uh when did they start marketing stuff which events they went uh how many units they sold you know all of that it's amazing and it's actually something i'm going to talk about that you have to do however there's something called postmortems and just straight up looking at the facts and seeing if some recent games had failures it's really good to see and check why so you can make sure or try the most that you can that your game doesn't go through that is that, if that makes sense so Target users and platforms. With target users, I'm going to talk about two different targets. So bear with me. First of all, you have to consider when you have here your game, what age is your game going to be aimed at? That's very important only to know exactly what type of content to put. Also to know about the EAS RV rating. That's something super important to know. Uh, an example I'm going to give uh, for Orton was the case. There's a very, the game that I they showed you uh, a moment ago, there's like a very mild show of um, non-friendly substances, but very mild. And just for putting in it, the whole e, uh, ESRV, sorry if I'm spelling this wrong, had to change completely. And it could be like change the whole H rating for justice. So as you, just a game developer, you have to see if it's worth it to push the rating up and very specific, or if you like, well, okay, I'm going to change this a little bit. I'm going to change the name, the color of this plant that I'm not going to specify. And you're going to have a whole different type of people who are going to play your game in that sense. So that's something very important to do if we're talking about games. Also, uh, what type of people are going to be playing, if your game is going to be popular more with boys or girls, uh, the young people, the teenagers with adults. And this is some information, I got it, of how many units have been sold per console. So as you can see, the bigger one in this little peek-a-blue thing that I made, <laughs> that I did here, uh, Nintendo Switch is a really popular option. So you have to keep in mind is that you want, I don't know, you want to make a game about uh, a shooter, you want to do a shooter. There are games on Nintendo Switch that are shooters, but we all know that those games usually go with Xbox. Maybe PlayStation and Steam, Steam is also there, but you have to keep in mind that that if you are expecting sales on, like, on Nintendo Switch, you have to consider what type of game are you selling? You know? Um, another example I have for this, uh, for Lonesome Village. Uh, naturally, in, it's a game about a cozy adventure. You're a coyote, super cute. And it's a puzzle-solving adventure with social sim. This game screams Animal Crossing and Zelda. So, of course, the platform that was more popular on was Nintendo Switch. And another platform it came is Steam and Xbox. And naturally, on Xbox was like the least one. Because everyone normally plays these types of games on the Nintendo Switch. So you see what I'm trying to see here. Look at your game, you have it here, like I have it in my palm man, and be like, in which console you will be like the shine the brightest. It can be in many of them. If you can put in all of them, the better, but you have to keep that in consideration. This is the other type of target users and platforms that I'm talking about, especially 
if you are like more in the marketing world here, is who is going to be your main target public in social media? This is a whole different world, a whole different universe, because by my experience, I have made the same video, the same TikTok beautiful video here, and I have put it, I don't know, on Instagram, and it had like 60 views, and I put it on TikTok, and it had 4 million views. And it's the same exact content. What's the difference? The type of people who is using the platform and what they're looking for. So that's a whole different story. Here's an example. Uh, normally, uh, here I, I'm going to put something clear. I, I still call Twitter Twitter. I know it's called X, but I still, like, I saw a report that people still call Twitter Twitter. And so I just kept the logo there. And we, we're just going to pretend it's called Twitter for a moment so we don't keep like confusions here. But as you can see, game devs and the whole marketing world right now for the moment, because we know Twitter is like changing so much that people are like thinking about leaving. Uh, well, it's on Twitter. But on TikTok, it's like a very nice place to use if you want to show your game, like making these, if you have a cozy game, like TikTok is your place. It's an Instagram Reels too. You can put like a, some nice music, uh, some showing your game uh, before and after. And even if your game is not cozy, still like something funny, something like, hey, this is my game. I'm going to show you 30 seconds of content. It's amazing. You can have the same content, modify it for every platform. And it's a whole different story. So that's something very, very important. So in which places is my type of game popular? For this one, I'm going to use an example that is really funny. Uh, Super Adventure Hand is, uh, as you can see, is one game that I just showed. It's a game where you're a hand and you're basically trying to get your arm back from a bunch of feet. That's the plot of the game. Amazing. 10 out of 10. Um, surprise, surprise not. We found out that the game was the most popular in Japan. Uh, I personally didn't expect this. I expected more to be on the USA and all of that. Uh, the game is Swedish. No, it was Japan. Uh, people were more interested in, in Japan about the game. And I think it's because they are more uh, used to this type of weird stuff. And it's great. It's, it's really good to know that because, because of this, we reach out to Indie World of Japan and we were like, hey, would you like help us with a retweet or something? And they said, yeah. And if we didn't go into the back end of Steam and look where is our game popular or in the Nintendo Switch, go and look where is our game getting their wish list on, we wouldn't know that and wouldn't have like a good idea where my game is going to be popular. This is also very important when you are doing um, localization. After we knew this game was very popular there, of course, there had to be a Japanese. This is like an example. You have to know where your game is popular so you can have a localization. Uh, also, to not lose money and maybe put a language of a game that in that game, in that country, nobody's playing that game. And like, you know what I mean? It's very important to know where is your public, both in the consoles, social media, and in the world. Very important. So competition. Oh, this one is like very close to home. I really like to, to talk about this. So this is Orten was the case. Like I said, this is from Oscar. He's amazing. He's, he was the lead animator of It Takes Two. 
he's making this game by himself, coming out this year, we believe. And uh, when I arrived to Bright Gambit, I had the task of, you're going to research similar type of games, and you're going to see how they market their games, and also look at their post-mortems. So after talking to him, and after, it's very important, something, a little like bracket here, it's very important communication with the developers very important like um if you work in the marketing world um it's very important that you are hand in hand with developers you need to know what do what do they want what are they expecting and you have to tell them what can you do for them and that means you have to play the game you have to actually like believe in the game you have to put put your soul and tears and everything on the game maybe i'm exaggerating but in my sense, you have to know the game to know how to sell it. It's basic information, but sometimes people don't know it. So I want to make it very clear. You have to know the game. If you're not a solo dev that is marketing their game alone, you're actually going to work for someone else. Know their game. If you try to even know more about the game than the developer, it's not possible, but try almost. So I needed to know which games were similar to Orton. And we figured out we had like a full on list of games who that were similar, maybe on the time loop mechanic, um, the art style, everything. But Outer Wilds was the game that was the closest to Orton. Why? Because they're both time loop theme. If you don't know the what is Orton was the case about, is basically you are a teenager who wakes up and after a certain amount of time the world explodes and you go back and back and you try to revert it and you make missions and you gain information. Your way to progress in this game is information. If that's, this sounds very similar to Majora's Mask and Arrow Wilds. So th these were the, like the two games we looked more in the most when marketing. It's also an action adventure, open world mystery game. And yeah, that's some of the reasons that I have. So something very interesting, I had to go into the Steam reviews to see what people liked, but also what people didn't like. This is also very important because, um, as you can see, I'm going to give some examples. Again, we're talking about a time loop game, which means everything you do gets erased. So there are many things there that you have to make sure as a developer that are fixed because people are not going to like that because it's not the usual way to play a game. So here's an example. People really liked about Outer Wilds that it's, it's better if you know the less about it. That's something they, they all said. It's like, don't know anything about this game. Uh, it's better to go blind. That didn't help us a lot, but I still wanted to put it there because it's like, okay, mystery. People really like mystery. I'm being surprised, okay? The game doesn't hold your hand at all. People really like this freedom, this I can do whatever they want. Uh, they love that. The art style, the music, the environment, the story, the tiny details. The, basically, the world building was why people liked Outer Wilds. We have to write that down. And very existential and beautiful according to players. Okay, this is very hard to accomplish, but now we have at least a compass of where to go. What people didn't like, though, and this is super important, especially if the developer... This, this is what I said, that it's very important to start when the game is or in the making because this is important to know uh, if you can still make changes in the game people didn't like that experience relies a lot on not getting spoiled beforehand 
So I don't know the ending of Arrow Wilds yet. I got very far. Don't don't say it in the comments. But apparently, if you get spoiled, it ruins the experience. So it's okay. So that also tells us that the, the ending has to be like it has to be mind blowing. Okay, repetitive. You reset to the beginning of the game after that. This is this is common sense. But of course, there's people who don't like this. Don't like the whole like oh my god, I died. I have to go up again, and again. This is not actually the game's fault. This is just a type of game. That's why a lot of people don't like Majora's Mask. That's why a lot of people don't like Outer Wilds because of this. However, something a developer can do to fix this is to make sure the game doesn't glitch and cause you uh, like an unfair dead. Because if it's already frustrating for a player to die because of a bug, a glitch, something that was not polished, imagine if you die and you have to start all over again. Players right now have a lot of games to play, a lot of options. If they get too frustrated, frust frustrated, sorry, sorry, um, they're just going to quit and go to another game that doesn't cause it those frustrations. So we have to keep that in mind. Like as uh, here's another one: some users users have very stressful experience with the controls, so make sure the controls are as polished as possible and a little slow for some players. They felt lost. Again, little things here than that, but if something you can make sure your game has fixed and doesn't have those problems, it's really good to go with the developer and feel like, hey, make sure you don't have these problems with your game because people left a bad review on Steam because of it. So it's very important. So number three, expectations. This one is very important too. Realistically, you have to ask yourself, how many games do you plan to sell approximately to be considered a su success? So if this is your first time selling a game or is your first time working in video games as someone who does marketing, uh, you will have to ask somebody. You, you have to look around and see how many copies, um, not only a super successful game made, but like a normal new game made, because if not, you're going to get very disappointed. You have to go and, and see, hey, what is the minimum of copies I should sell so I re recuperate all my money back? Uh, I make profit of and I have a successful career. You have to keep that in mind. What's the minimum of wish list on each platform? So if you don't know, indie devs normally count how good their game is doing with wishlists. So it's very stressful to not know exactly how many people will actually buy your game. But a good idea, you can get yourself a good idea of how many in theory with wishlists. So what devs do is they try the best that their wishlists go up the most that they can. So before you put your game out there, the demo, the early access, all of that, you have to Keep in mind how many wish lists I need to be like, okay, this is working. Okay. And if it's not working, what do we change? Why are the wish lists not moving? And how much money will you expect to make? Something that I already said. How many do you need for recoup? How many do you need for it to be profitable? And how do you need to be like, this was success? So, time and budget, number four. How much time do you have to market your game? This is very important because something I have learned in, in the good way and in the bad way is that while marketing a game, it normally seems that you have more time than you actually have. 
And this is because um, platforms, especially like Nintendo, Xbox, uh, Steam, some are more um, serious than the others. They really like to know everything about your game. They're going to support you beforehand. And by beforehand, I mean at least one month early. So if you want your game to be posted on the official YouTube channel of Nintendo or Xbox or whatever, you have to reach out to them way early. So you have to keep that in mind that while you're making your marketing plan, you have to consider all the timelines. You have to also consider something that it hurts me in, the, in, in my soul, but I have to also consider that sometimes things are not going to go exactly as planned and the timeline will be moved. It will have to move somehow. So that's a little bit annoying, but you have to make sure there's a little spots there where you can put some stuff and all of that. What is the budget for the marketing strategies? That's very important to know. The earlier, the better. If you're not a developer, you talk to the developer. Okay, uh, how much do you plan to spend on marketing? What do you want? Do you want press? Do you want for me to reach out to YouTubers, streamers, TikTokers, because now TikTokers do reviews and actually they help a lot. Um, we need to have all of that in consideration because all of these people also have their schedules and they also really like to know things beforehand. So yeah, time and money, very important. How much it will cost with the duration? Of course, with the money, how much we will use it in how many months of the planning of the game and the release of the game and do you plan to reach out like like i said to all of these people yeah it's very important to check that out so you don't run out of money so number two not getting feedback during production this is the second mistake okay so how to help the team and the game with focus testing round play testing both internal or external for this example i specifically specifically put it in my shoes, if I was someone who works in market, in, in marketing and game, and the developer cannot do it herself, and they asked me to help them run a marketing campaign and a focus tasting. So what are the goals? With this, basically, I mean going around showing the game to some people. It can be with a platform or at an event. This is all the stuff that I'm talking about. People play testing your game and showing the results to the developer. That. So. Identifying areas of frust frustration, that's the, my worst enemy of a word, apparently. Frustration. Yeah, you have to identify those areas. What does that mean? got to check out our discord at discord.gg slash indie game business it's an amazing community of over 3500 other industry experts we've got developers publishers marketing and pr firms investors so so many so many it's safe and supportive place to network and to talk to experts you can learn more about the business of games or you can share what you know with others we have exclusive workshops on perfecting your pitch deck 
finding a publisher, and more. Remember, it's discord.gg slash indie game business. When a player is, well, playing the game, you have to see in which parts they seem to start to get annoyed. With this, I mean, if they are playing against a boss or they don't know where, where they are going or a puzzle they cannot solve, you have to identify that part because some people will get over it and be like, okay, I, I got it. But some people will be like, oh, this is too hard, moving on. So you have to tell the developer that it's very important to catch that. And with this, look for opportunities. How with this problem, we can change it to another type of gameplay or we can change the puzzle. How can we make this frustration something more fun? Create recommendations for the design team. With this is, like I said at the beginning of the presentation, don't just go with problems, but also offer solutions. Be like, okay, you know, we saw the players get really frustrated with this level of the game. However, what do you think if we change it to something like this? Or we make the tutorial a little bit easier? Or we put an example? Or maybe, you know, trying to keep some, some options is also really well and very important. That's what I said about knowing the game you're marketing. Because if you don't know the game that you're marketing, you're not going to know how to answer any of these questions. And leave some open questions to the testers can be genuine. Like, um... After they finish playing the game, you can ask them, okay, what do you like? What you didn't like? What was your favorite part? If you make very specific questions, they're going to give you very specific answers. And sometimes you want that, but sometimes you don't. So keep that in mind. And yeah, how the feedback works. Know what questions to ask. You will have to work with the developer before the playtesting starts to know what, which questions you're going to ask. Uh, also, make unbiased questions. Don't try to lead the people who is playing the game into a corner. Like, but you, do you really like the design of this character that I took five months making? Try to make unbiased questions. <laughs> it's very important. And also make insights. You're going to have a lot of information after a play testing. So try to make insights for the developer or the people in your marketing team to know easier because yeah 27 document things about this is what all the people like and they didn't it's going to be a pain to be real and yeah try to make life easier because that's what marketing is about making life easier or pretending that it's easier <laughs> so mistake number three not searching marketing opportunities a platform provides ay 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 this is very very complicated one because it doesn't depends completely on you it depends also in other people, uh, platforms, but each platform, Xbox, PlayStation, Nintendo, Switch, well, Nintendo, uh, Steam, Epic, they all have their ways to promote an indie game. And it's very important to seek those opportunities because they can make or break your game. And it's very hard to get them. However, is if you get them, it's, it can change everything. So it's very important to get them. So Xbox has the ID at Xbox Spotlight program, article post, the YouTube ID Xbox, Boots ID Xbox showcases, as you can see in the picture, and official streams where people can play your game. 
So this is an article I made when I was working for Ogre Pixel for Lonesome Village. Um, I asked how could I promote the game more, and they told me that for the launch of the game, they could launch in their official website an article of five things you should know. As you can see, I love to number things and do five things you should know or know. Yeah, that's me. So I made an article so people who went into the Xbox website could see the game and maybe get interested and buy the game. I was also part of the Xbox Live, official live, where basically I was playing the game and answering some questions when the game went live. As you can see there, I was dying of, of stress, but I, I think I nailed it. Yeah. <laughs> events. Events are so important. I cannot express this enough. It can be very stressing, uh, but this one was super exciting because we were part of this showcase of Xbox. And we were at this here, Lonesome Village, as you can see, from Mexico. And we were seconds apart my one of my favorite games, which is Hollow Knight Silk Song. So it was surreal to see a game that I worked on next to a game that nobody knows when it's coming out, but it's very exciting that we were in the same place. So, yep. Nintendo, of course, we all know Indie World. Super hard to get in Indie World. However, if you manage to get it, you're golden. Nintendo also has Nintendo Power Podcast, trailers on their official YouTube channel, and the eShop. They have like promotions on the eShop. Uh, so you have to look into that. So yeah, there's like some pictures about the offers that they usually have. And down there is a trailer we made that we managed to uh, get them on the official Nintendo of America YouTube channel. And it got 300k views. So that was pretty amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and Steam. We all know Steam, our beautiful Steam. It has sales the whole the whole day, the, the whole time. They also they always have sales that are also very crazy. So it's very important to try to be on these sales. Uh people get excited. People are going to see your game more if they happens to be on the dashboard. Uh there's also an event called Steam Next Fest. In my experience, Steam Next Fest is wonderful for wishlist. So if you can get yourself to be part of the Steam Next Fest, don't miss the date. Very important. Uh, you can only participate once a year. Keep that in mind. And yeah, this is an example of Ian uh, playing his game Super Adventure Hand on this year's Steam Next Fest. And yeah, there were some people watching and very exciting. So number four, mistake you can be making, not allocating time to building relations and partnerships. So this is a whole different world. Uh, basically, there are so many devs out there who can not only motivate you to make a better game and to market your game, but also you can actually interact with them. And that's amazing. So with AK Charlotte, um, it's a game that actually just came out. Funny enough, they had an actual, this, this little pink creature. And in Lonzo Village, we had uh, a scene, an actual too. So we were like, hey, what, what if we make a collab, a small collab about a, a drawing when we're both celebrating that they had the Kickstarter? And we did that. So both accounts posted each other. We gave each other a shout out. And it was very cool. It was very wholesome. Uh, it's a way to cross promote each other free, in a sense that it's like free. And it's very cool. Here in Mexico, as you, if you don't know, Loso Village is Mexican. So. 
in November, we have Dia de Muertos. And in Dia de Muertos, you have these things called calaveritas, which are like poems, very weird, funny poems that talk about dead. And a lot of Mexican studios decided to make a calaverita about some other studios. So we have like a raffle and we will get a name, like a secret Santa, but about dead. And like each studio will talk about the other studio, like something funny, super cute. And that was a really cute way to do cross promotion. So interact with other devs. I've, yeah, I. Okay, if you don't know who these characters were, uh, is the little lamb for Cult of the Lamb. They did a collab with Don't Starve, that is one of my favorite games. And it was pretty amazing because they managed to get each other's characters in their games. And of course, this is something very hard to do, very pricey to do. But hey, they managed to do it. And at the end of the day, they are both indie games. So it's amazing with a lot of budget what you can manage to do. But that's something you can do. Seeing devs interact with other devs in such a funny and silly way, it's adorable. Like in, in Valentine's Day, I saw they should give a raise to whoever is behind the Cult of the Lamb account. They make me laugh so much. So they were interacting with the Among Us account and like showing their Valentines and asking each other out. And that's something very hilarious and people like it. And it's amazing to do cross promotion. It's, it's cheap this way. And, and yeah, you should really try it. It creates community. Other thing here is influencers. As I can mention, when you have marketing, you have to look into a budget and see how much you want to spend on the marketing and all of that. So with Lonesome Village again, we had we reached out to some TikTokers that they talk about cozy indie games and there's like down there if you can see there's like how many views they got how many likes uh youtubers that they do reviews you have to send them the game beforehand all of that is very important if it blows up it's amazing so something to keep in mind and networking so i basically went around <laughs> yeah that's me the below there with my little West plushy and my glasses with a YouTuber very famous here in Mexico. I went to an event and because our game was there, it's a, it was a showcase. So I just went around with the little plushy of West of Lonesome Village, straight up giving like little pictures of him and on the game and a QR code and be like, hey, do you want to come to our booth and play the game? And you can take a picture and all of that. It's really cute. It's really fun. It's really a way, like an Aussie way to market a game. However, it was really fun. And that's all. It's, it's really cool to do. Like, like Gamescom is a really good place to do that. Or 10 was the case was just at Gamescom. And not only it increased on wishlist, but also seeing with your own eyes people re playing the game, reacting in front of you the game. And it's a completely different experience being on presence. So that's something to keep in mind. If you can go to these events, uh, Gamescom, GDC, all of that. There are ones that are like cheaper than the others because there are some that are like, okay, a little too pricey. Um, and you have the opportunity to share your game. 
please do because it does help in the marketing. It does help on the wish list, but also it gives you a little bit more in the sense of user experience and making community. And that's something that maybe you cannot put a price tag on it, but it's really important. And the number five mistake, the fifth mistake you can do while marking your game is post without a plan or a purpose. So this is a little quote here. There needs to be an intention and a plan, at least in the short term, to turn your followers and people reacting to your game into wishlist or customers. I basically quote, quote myself here. <laughs> I once said that on an interview and I was like, yes, I liked it. So basically, uh, remember the meme I made about the, you made a, how are you marketing your game? And in, yes, yesterday I tweeted something about my game. It's very important to have an intention when posting about your game, very important. So what this I mean is when you're posting anything related about your game, you have to check into the do's and don'ts, in my experience. Make a plan, at least in the short terms, to turn your followers and people reacting to your game into wish lists or customers. This is very hard. But also, you have to keep in mind that at the end of the day, you want social media presence. So that social media presence actually gets to buy your game and they become players. So keep that in mind. And also, put yourself in the shoes of the player. What would you like to see on social media? You can have to you have to get creative here. Like uh, with Lonesome Village, we made like some cute animations with Super Adventure Hand. God, I had a blast with Super Adventure Hand. We have the little hand doing like these dances. Um, the Wednesday dance, do you know it? The one from last year. The oh dance dance. Yeah, we made an animation about the little hand dancing to that song. Very fun uh, opportunity that we couldn't skip. So all of that stuff, some that you will see and be like, okay, that's that's funny, that's 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 smart. Have, you have to do that. And what you shouldn't do, maybe I have done it in the past, maybe I didn't, spamming your game everywhere is very tempting to do it, uh, especially when it's like Wishlist Wednesday or Trailer Tuesday, like putting your game in all of the threads. Yeah, and try to not do it because people can get annoyed. And it's not a very good way to promote your game. And another thing you shouldn't do, in my opinion, is to post random stuff at random hours with low quality and low substance. Yeah, um, it's really cool if you want to show something fun about your game. If if you cannot make it at 2 a.m. when nobody's going to see it, awesome. So these are some examples that I love. Story of Seasons, which was Harvest Moon in the past. Uh, they just wanted to post, hey, happy day of pancakes. And remember to eat at least 10 pancakes to increase your chance and turn into an actual pancake. Something kills something funny. Uh, they also re-released their game that came in GameCube to Nintendo Switch. So they showed uh, before and after. Kill Mondays, they showed Frambo, an amazing game. Uh, it's a very spooky game. So all their tweets are about like poetry, like as the screen cut to the glass and the shattered pieces fell to the ground, the tragic destiny of two weakened twin sisters was revealed before her eyes. It's very creative. For me, I, I will use less hashtags, but hey, it's working for them. <laughs> and yeah, very important. Um, have game assets, go get your game assets, like play your game and get little like parts of the game recorded, some illustrations, clips, 
make a devlog, you can in Steam you can have like little updates like, hey, I added this new thing to the game, la la la. And original content. People love to see that. People want originality, especially on social media that everything goes so fast. So yep. And some tips. Build a community is super hard. But hey, if you can manage to build a community that is passionate about your game, you you have made it. An attractive landing page, I'm going to give you an example of that. And good content, quality over quantity. It's better to have good content that have content every day that is like, eh. here's a small example that I have uh, that I did. I didn't actually post this one. I just wanted to make this example. Um, I posted, if you have played Orton was the case, who is your favorite character? This is good. You're trying to engage a conversation. However, it's way better if you do it like this. Hey, it's throwback Thursday. Use the hashtag. Have you already met Sigi, Shaiko, Mekonen, and Elia? They are characters of the game Orton was the case that will be part of the Steam Next Fest. They just released the demo, so go play it now. As you can see there, we have the hashtag of Steam Next Fest. So people that go into the hashtag are going to see that the game is also there. You also announced that the game has a demo and you put the link there so people can go to the Steam page. And not only that, but you put actually name to your characters and show their pictures because some people will be like, I don't know about your game. I don't know their characters. I don't know their names. So the more visual, the better, you know, it's amazing. And like last for this example, this is how the page for Super Adventure Hand looked before we did some touches. It looked good. It had like some fun gifts. It had the landing page, all of that. How about we put a little bit of a spice in it? So we had a live stream playing. We changed the screenshots. We changed everything. I made this little animation of the hand walking. And I went around and looked for these amazing gifts of the playing. Uh, yes, the little animations, all of that. As you can see, there's a lot of going on. We changed the text, the description. And at the end, a little illustration that takes you to the Discord. It looks better. It looks flashier, yes, but it looks nicer with some updates about the game. It makes you want to play the game more. So, yep. So, basically, we finished. So, what do we learn? Do your market research before the game is going to come out. Do it way earlier. Way, way earlier. You play testing more than once. Look for opportunities on your platform. Build relationships with other devs, other people everywhere. And create original content. Keep them engaged. Keep them excited about your game. And that will be it. Thank you so much. And like I said, I'm not going to call Twitter X. So yeah, Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter as Bright Gambit and me as SKHBert. And this is also the website of Bright Gambit. If you have a game that is in need of funding, support, and all of that, you can go there to Bright Gambit page, uh, brightgambit.com, and send your game so we can check it out. And yeah, that will be it. Thank you so much. Fantastic. <laughs> let's let's get a side by side. All right. So we do actually have quite a lot of questions for you. Oh, good. So for everybody who's watching, whatever we do not get to, we will be in the Discord afterwards, and Sarah will be able to go over anything that we haven't been able to cover. But let's go ahead and get to the first one. Okay. All right. From the Discords, considering the current issues and controversies surrounding Twitter slash X. 
Should our team continue to focus on that platform or should we explore other platforms as alternatives for our marketing efforts? Okay, that's a really good one. I'm going to tell you what we are doing and the decision decision we took. We are still on Twitter X. However, we are moving and we're moving fast. Uh, since the since the Twitter like the, the things started to change, we were like, okay, we are going to open an Instagram. We are going to uh, we open a Blue Sky. Apparently, they say Blue Sky is a platform that is very similar to Twitter. So a Mastodon, LinkedIn. Uh, basically, that's the answer. Is that what all of these teach us? Remember the the day that. Uh, they said that Twitter was going to go down the day that Elon Musk arrived. And it was, it sounds stupid now, but it was very scary because they said that they were going to plug in Twitter that night. And, and everyone was like, oh my God, I have my whole account here and my whole game here, what I'm going to do. And everyone started to freak out and go to Tumblr. Yeah, that teached us that we have to have more eggs in different baskets. So uh, my my recommendation will be keep being on Twitter until you can, because apparently they're saying they're going to charge for everything. I don't know if that's true, but keep looking for other platforms. Start building your platform somewhere else, like TikTok. There's a lot. TikTok, Blue Sky, uh, Mastodon, Instagram. There's a lot of options. So that will be my recommendation. Don't put all your eggs in one basket. Don't. Uh, Twitter is just a hot, hot mess right now. Yeah. It's a hot mess. All right, let's go to our next one. This is from the Discord as well. Do you have any tips or strategies to increase our chances of going viral with our games marketing? Or is it mostly a matter of random luck? I mean, there's a there's something called luck and there's something... Have you heard the Hunger Games, May the Odds Be Your Favor? and actually you can put your odds in your favor. Yes, there's some randomness when going viral, of course, and some luck. However, you can make the most of it to make your chances go higher. And with this is, if there's a trend, if there's a trending sound, a, a trend, uh, you know, something that is going viral, use it, use it. An example we we, we made uh, with the whole Wednesday, the thing hand, that, that thing was going viral. Everyone was doing the little dance. So we were like, we have to have to do something with it. It didn't go as viral as we expected it to go. However, with other things, we learned like more dumps. I don't know. Um, an example, uh, there's a, a viral audio that went around that it was, don't be suspicious, don't be suspicious. We did that with a 10 cent clip of Super Adventure Hand of the hand covering itself with a feet to disguise himself from other feet. You have to play to understand the game. Okay, we use this trending audio. It got 4.5 million views. And if we had used another audio, it probably wouldn't have happened. So that's my 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 response. Is yes, sometimes it's going to be just pure chance. However, you can make your odds in your favor and go around saying what's viral, what's popular, and try to do something with your game that makes it possible, more possible for you to get viral. You heard it here, folks. Anything Parks and Rec will help you out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is a two-part question. 
So this is from VCD Gamer on YouTube. Do you have any tips for people marketing game heavily reliant on story? On story. I'm asking this because I learned that it's good to be consistent with your post, but I want to learn to do that while avoiding revealing everything about my game. Ooh, okay. That one depends. Yeah, when you're depends. Uh, when we're talking about story and like I said, Outer Wilds, uh, that people literally said like, the best part about this game is that nobody knows about this game. And I was like, what does that mean? How do you market mystery? So what I will do in that position is to hype the thing, the concept that your game is about story and your game is about mystery and your game is about like the, the payoff. Is not only the gameplay and the fun, but the story is the payoff. So you will have to find a way to put your game out there without spoiling it, but like making players understand that there's something so big, so amazing that it can get spoiled. So you have to play to figure it out. So I will play my card on mystery. Like my, my whole game, I don't know if your game is about mystery, but that's what I will do. Like if my game is about narrative and story, I will make sure my people who follow me knows that the story is the most exciting thing. It's basically like the, a book in an interactive form. So that's, that's the thing, the card that I will post about. So we spoke about him earlier and he has now arrived. And he just wants nothing but cuddles. This is my cat. Oh! <laughs> All right, let's here, say hi. Hi! <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and do our next question. All right, this one is from our Discord. <clears throat> We're a small game studio without much marketing know-how. Can you give us simple ideas to get better at marketing and stay excited about making our game more popular? Okay. I'm going to tell you right now that I can totally get the whole... Can you tell us something to keep us excited? Because it's super heartbreaking when you make something that is like super fun and super cool and it gets like four likes. It's so, so saddening. <laughs> it's like, no. <laughs> or you make a TikTok and it's like, this is going to get viral and it gets 200 views and it's like, uh, like the cheapest in the sense, like the, is you're a small uh, studio and you cannot, you know, go around and asking YouTubers to play your game or do these big things. Right now, we are so, so lucky to have social media and to have, yeah, to have trends, to have viral music, to have so many things of entertaining. I cannot even think how we will work in the game nowadays if we didn't have social media. Like, thank God I was born 10 years later because, yeah, that will be like my, my advice in my in my opinion do something that you like like something funny that you like that you laughed uh you know this this little an example that i did this this horror movie came out that's called talk to me that is about a hand whatever and a song got very popular that is called Le Monde, that is dun, 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 like like that i love the song so i wanted to make a trend went viral to say that I, my life is red and they show like videos you took of yourself in red. My life is blue. My life is green. I decided to take that and make it my own and be like, my game, like the game I'm marketing is, is green. 
my game is red, my game is blue. And he's showing parts of the game that are blue, are green, are red. And he came out so nicely. It, it, it got 10K views. It was fine. But it's, I loved it. Like, I watched it and I'm so proud of how satisfying it went. So just do some stuff that is fun for you and is nice to see. And people eventually will find it and will like it and will stay. If you're not having fun with it, it turns into like the biggest chore. Yeah. Nobody wants to do it. Yeah. All have right. fun with it. Yeah. So we have another one from our Discord. Any tips on how to navigate negative comments without being triggered? Ooh, that's very tricky. This is tricky. Depends who. It depends. <laughs> it depends. Uh, if you're the developer, is way different. If you're the marketing person, you know, like the developer is going to feel it more personal. Um, I, by experience, and this is not only because me in marketing, just me because I also do YouTube videos and all of that. Don't delete comments unless they're like very offensive that you're like, okay, this is just has to go. Don't delete comments that are just saying plain stuff, like bad stuff. Just leave them there. Straight up ignore them. And if they have constructive criticism, they say, hey, I don't, I didn't like this. I don't like that. Straight up turn it into an opportunity. Go and be like, oh, I'm very sorry about this what would have done to make this better or like if it was something that plain was a mistake you did something you posted whatever just plain go say sorry be genuine this is an example if you get cancelled i guess uh you post something that maybe there was some just just say sorry just say sorry uh i have seen so many bad apology videos out there just straight up don't take it personal I'm a person who has to say a lot about that because I take everything so personal, but I learned to not take personal. Just brush it off, shake it off. Don't go defensive. And yeah, just, it makes you grow. And that's it. Don't go your level, their level. Don't, don't go, don't get aggressive. Don't be <laughs> yeah. the trolls. Just don't be yeah. the trolls. Yeah, yeah. All right. I think we have time for maybe one more. Um, so let's go ahead and get this one. This is Seb Savez on YouTube. As a member of a two-person team who is responsible for all art and music in the game, but also has to promote by necessity, do you have suggestions on how to remain effective but efficient? Oh, God, that's... Ooh, that's a thing that if you happen to know, tell me, because <laughs> uh, we all know the answer, but we don't like it. It's organization. Uh, it's, it's organization and straight up if you cannot make it you have to get someone else uh, someone to help you out uh, It's I feel this an answer a lot of people kind of know but there are moments where you feel that you can do everything and I have learned it the hard way you feel that you can do everything yourself but sometimes you have to understand that maybe you can do everything yourself but it's not going to be done in the best way possible so you have to have priorities so if you are very invested with something you are doing or it's super important you do it well, maybe it will be good to have someone help you out. Maybe someone that wants to learn about video games, an intern, uh, someone you can pay uh, half time. Um, I wouldn't recommend AI because I have seen a lot of people being like, I'm just getting AI. And I understand that maybe for small studios is good. 
but I, I really don't want to go that way. That's a personal opinion. Just try to give people opportunities and and if, if you can straight up try to make the task a little bit smaller. Uh, that's what I will I will do. Fantastic. Thank you so very much, Sarah, for all of your wonderful insight. For everybody, I still see questions coming in. I'm gonna I just go ahead. Comment. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead and put them in our Discord. If you belong to our Discord, please jump in there. Sarah said that she is going to be here after the panel to answer everything. Um, so next up, we have Tatiana of Fuzzy Bot Games with her talk on the decisions it takes to run a successful game studio. So we will see you guys there. Thank you again so much, Sarah. Bye. Thank Bye. you for having me. Bye. Thanks for listening to Indie Game Business. You can learn more about the show and our online business networking events at IndieGame.Business.